1: Welcome to NASCAR America Motor Mouse, the last episode of the season. We are gearing up for Championship Weekend in Phoenix. I'm Kim Kuhn. He's Kyle Petty. Yes. We have Parker Kligerman all the way from Stanford, Connecticut. And it is crazy. We are already to the final week of the year. We're going to crown three NASCAR champions this weekend out west. But despite the fact that we are headed into Championship Weekend, the talk of the town, the talk of the country, <laughs> the talk of the world. We were yes. saying worldwide talk is still Ross Chastain and the move he made to get into the championship for. And the cool thing is this week we got to see in-car reactions from drivers as it was happening. <laughs> so let's take a look.
2: Ross, we the fence outside of the outside, outside, outside. Holy cow. I guess it does work. Holy s***. you f- see that? Oh my God! (laughs) Oh my God, coming to the checkered flag. I can't believe what I just saw. That's literally the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. That was straight video game. That was incredible. Watch one rip in the outside wall of the fence. Holy Unbelievable. Wow! I'm pretty sure he got in with that. That's the damnedest thing I've ever seen to one, duh. What's the one doing? He was trying to play... Hold it wide open and go. He did it. That is insane. Did he pass people doing that? Yeah, he got in the Final Four doing that. Holy Coming checker, gap of one. Cover your bottom up off. What in the hell? we Good job. He put it on the fence and went wide open there. I don't know if he beat the... Yeah, he did. He beat the freaking Beat the left. What's the one outside over here? Outside, 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 outside.
3: I guess just lost on that. Well, I've never seen anything like it, but Bell wins, he's in, and the one Hail Mary fence in three and four, and uh, got it. Wow. Did all I could do for this. Two spots here. Gotta get him? Yeah, I gotta get him, Need two. Keep coming. Keep
2: coming, hang on, man. Checkered flag. Nice and easy, keep it up against the fence there talk to me boys you made the transfer you made the transfer man that was f- ridiculous dude that was wild man that was wild. holy cow oh my god i don't know how long you've been sitting on that move but that was f-
0: incredible dude
2: that was badass. Good job, yeah
1: So, we have a lot to say about that move. Drivers had a lot to say. We know you have a lot to say, not only about Ross's move and getting into the Championship 4, but about Championship Weekend. So, don't forget to call us, 1-844-NASCAR-NBC, and you can tweet us, hashtag, maps. I can't tell you, I've lost count the number of times (laughs) I have watched this move, and from all angles. So, before I get to where I was watching it, where were you when this was happening?
3: So, the crazy part was that we, uh, Dale Dale Jarrett and I, um, were, were walking in, and we were walking in, and all of a sudden, it's like there's a car in the wall. And then you realize it, so you're standing there on Pit Road as they come by, and listen, looks fantastic on TV. Uh, in real time, <laughs> it was like, it's stunned. That whole end of Pit Road, down mm-hmm. in 3 and 4, the whole end was watching it, because I think somebody, they thought, and you heard, somebody's in the wall. Somebody's ripping the wall, and then you realize
4: ripping the wall means they're in the gas, so it was pretty wild.
1: Parker, what about
4: you? So I was on pit road, um, and I was actually heading towards down towards turns one and two because that's where we sort of meet, you know, second through fifth and that sort of thing and all the playoff drivers. But I stopped to watch the last lap, and I'm watching, and all of a sudden, you know, we realize what has happened, and it was one of those moments where, like, everyone stood still. It just felt like the world stopped for a second, and everyone's just, like, looking around like, What just happened? And then the replay happens. I hear the crowd cheering and they see the replay on the big screen and suddenly the crowd erupts wildly, right? And it was like, oh my goodness, what just happened? So one of the most unbelievable, incredible things I personally thought about this. Like I think so many drivers have, especially all of us who grew up playing video games. Like if you could ever actually do this in a real world. But I don't know of any of us that really like or any time I personally had this moment where I'm like, you know what? This is the time to use it, right? And I think it's one of the most impressive things to me was Ross just figuring out, you know, and getting this in his mind like this was an option to use. I just I've watched it a thousand times like you. I've had people from all over the world text me that are not NASCAR fans, not motorsport fans, being like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. So he is right now um, the most well-known NASCAR driver (laughs) in the world at this current juncture. And what a cool reason. And, you know, what an amazing move. I just uh, that will live on. As long as, as time, you know, that we'll be replaying that move it, that he used yeah. there because it's incredible.
1: So I was covering on the radio side of things yeah. uh, for MRN, and the 20 was in my section. And the 20 of Christopher Bell is winning the race. And That's typically right. on the radio side, we interview the crew chief. So I am at the 20 box, and, and to their credit, like they're getting something done that is also unheard That's of. Right. Like for the second time. Second time. time. This team is winning to move on in the playoffs and go for a championship. So they're going crazy. And in my ear, I'm hearing the call about Ross Chastain. And I'm like, what is happening? The move was so big, we did not do a crew chief interview with Adam Stevens because all of the attention was on Ross Chastain. So... Where, we're, we're, and we're looking at, I love that we're showing some of these tweets uh, not just from around the racing world, not just NASCAR, there's Townsend Bell, I saw Fernando Alonso had a tweet, yes. with Power, all of these people, to Parker's point, he was getting texts from around the world, people, Ross Chastain is the most recognizable name this week in all of motorsports, so what about all of sports, I know it was sports yeah. Center's top ten so, yeah. the number one move um, so where does this rank in terms of sports moments
3: so so I, this is the way I look at it okay and I, I guess so I think what Ross showed um, was is sports is sports putting it all on the line that's what sport is all about that's when you, you they're playing the World Series right now what no matter what you play, what game you play, you know you leave it all out there and and people yak and, and flap their lips together and say, I'll do this, I'll do that, I'll do, and, and they don't. Mm-hmm. Ross did it. So I look at this, and this is, I, I don't even know, I, I, I don't even have an analogy for this because he changed the game. He looked at the game mm-hmm. different. He played the game a totally different way, and, and, and it caught everybody so off guard. Nobody knows what to do except look at it and say, oh, my gosh. What was that? Mm-hmm. Because nobody still knows what it was. Yeah. You know what I mean? So when you say, where's it, where's it at in sports and other sports, I, I, I don't know what this would be comparable to in basketball or football or baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I have no idea because he saw the field. Yep. And he made it.
1: He, he had he, situational awareness. awareness.
3: of everything. He, this is what's crazy. And, and Parker, you, you know yep. this. This is what's crazy to me. He asked. What do I, what do I do need I to mean? do? Yeah. And they say you got to get two more. Now that's coming up out of turn two. Yep. Turn two. Yeah, he's got a quarter turn two. of a mile he's, he's, he's and got, got, nobody he's ga- in front of yeah, him. Yeah, he's got basically. Yeah. Uh, okay, so in a 23 or 24 second lap, he's got 12 seconds. Mm-hmm. Let's just say he's got 12 seconds to pick up two positions. Yeah. And if you listen to the end car, and he's so calm about it, so calm. If you listen to the end car, when he gets to three, he upships. Yeah. He goes to fifth. He goes to fit. He is so freaking committed that he goes again. Yeah. It's like, okay, double down. Here yeah. we go, man. We're selling off. And, and, and it, it, it's funny because we saw Carl try this. Carl Edwards mm-hmm. at, at, at Kansas when he slid in under Jimmy and got up next to the wall and powered up. Uh, we've seen Kyle Larson. We have never seen anybody this committed mm-hmm. to making it work. And yeah. I'm not sure it would work any of those ways. No, places. It, that's it's that's not what I'm it's saying. So circumstantial. And,
2: and, yeah,
3: it it is so circumstantial. So, you know, so but I mean when he got there, he just powered up. Yeah. And that is it is it transcends the sport. It transcends all sports. I, I don't care. I don't I, I don't think there's Until I see somebody else in another sport do this. I've been around this sport a long time. I've never seen anyone look at the playing field and play the game that different and come out on top.
1: Yeah, and we talk about it being very circumstantial. And NASCAR came out and said they will not implement a rule on a Chastain-like mood heading into Phoenix. Steve O'Donnell came out and said, you know, we haven't done anything for the first 35 races of the year. We're not going to change it for the 36th. And there were mixed driver reactions. There were a couple of drivers, which I I have a problem with, that didn't like the move. And I think it's... They are mad. They've either, you know, to Larson's point, that it didn't work for him. They're mad they didn't try it first. They're mad they didn't do it first. So here's
3: what I'm going to say. Here's what I'm going to say, okay, to to all those drivers. You can't look at me. You can't look at a fan. I don't ever want to hear it come out of your lips again that you would wreck your mama to win a championship. That I would Cause wreck my business. Because you wouldn't. <laughs> Ross Chastain would. Yes. <laughs> Ross Chastain showed us that he would do whatever it took. So, and my point is, they said it's dangerous. Man, it's dangerous, man. You don't need to get up there on the wall. That's dangerous. What about wrecking your mama? Yeah. What about wrecking your... Racing what a, in general. What about, what about wrecking someone on purpose? Yeah. It, what about that is not dangerous? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it anymore, man. How? Listen. Let me just say this, Parker. (laughs) Let me. It's it's Wednesday morning. I got up. I got I got up at my house. I walked out in my front yard, and I could still hear drivers whining in Martinsville mm-hmm. because they got their butts <laughs> kicked,
4: okay? I'm sorry. Yeah. And I'm 65 – I'm 70 miles away, and I still hear them whining. So I got a couple points. One, I think this is really cool because this is why you watch live sports, right? The anticipation of a moment, something unbelievable, something never seen before. I can think of, you know, personally for me and another sport, the Giants with the helmet catch um, couple many years ago. Like, that was a very cool moment, right? So – that's something I'll never forget, and I think there's multiple in racing, right? I think of the 2011 Indy 500, um, you know, where the uh, Hildebrand goes into the wall in the last corner. Those sorts of moments, Dale Earnhardt winning the Daytona 500. So I just think this is why you watch live sports. It's the anticipation of seeing something unbelievable like this or something really cool. Now, for all the drivers who have a problem with it, here's my, po- my thought. So I thought immediately, wow, that's unbelievable. This is so cool. I can't believe he pulled that off. But within probably about, I don't know, a minute, I thought, all right, so now what do we do from here? Because I know at Phoenix this weekend, it's probably not going to happen. It's probably not feasible down in turns three and four to do it because of the shape of the wall. And although some people have tested on iRacing and said it's about, I don't know, five tenths to six tenths faster, I still don't think it's probably that feasible to do. This car has allowed it. And what we saw at Martinsville there compared to what we saw out of Larson at Darlington, But what I don't want to see, and I think this has been a pretty popular thing, is I don't want this to be the norm of how you finish every Martinsville race, right? That's the problem. The problem I see is that we go back there in the spring, and I'm running in third. I upshift the fifth, ride the wall, and try to win the race, or all of the drivers in the top five decide to go onto the wall to finish the race. That's a problem to me. So I think there has to most likely be some reaction by NASCAR, evaluating this in the offseason as we get towards Martinsville. But for now, I think it can live as a really cool moment. I think forever will live as a cool moment. And, you know, more respect to Ross and for pulling that off and doing it the way he did. But I still think you eventually have to say something because this will become the norm, not the exception.
1: I disagree. I don't think you say something until somebody else tries it and it causes a problem. Because to my point, I – it's so circumstantial. It was so specific to this moment that I don't think you're just going to have drivers tossing their hat in the ring
4: to do that. It this. was, Kim, Kim, it was two seconds, two and a half seconds faster than the lap prior.
1: I just, I, you, I, two and a half seconds on a 20 second this. lap.
4: I, I mean, we could be running fifth on the last lap of Martinsville in the spring and just rip the wall and win. Like, I think it's going to happen. I, just, again.
1: I, I don't see it happening on a repeated <laughs> basis where. Lots of drivers are trying this. Now, I think another driver tries and does it, then maybe you look at making a rule. But I, th- I just, we can I agree know. to disagree.
4: I think, I, think it's, I think you will see it if, you know, if something's not done or said, you know, the way this car, you know, what I think was the problem with the old car was you couldn't do it. It would deform too much. Mm-hmm. The rear end would be knocked out. When I looked at that one car and I posted these on Twitter, the photos of it, when I walked up to it after the race, I mean, it doesn't look any different than a car that has br- lightly brushed the wall. <laughs> like It's unbelievable how little damage that car had. Look at it. So you can see the right front suspension is messed up, which is why you probably couldn't do it more than probably one, you know, one set of corners. Yeah. But the car is barely deformed. These things are so tough, they just don't get that friction on the wall. So it creates so much speed, allows that speed to stay up. I just think, and you look, the tires are up. It barely even touched the tires. So... This is uh, this is absolutely something with this car that's going to be available to do in the future okay. if we don't make a change.
1: Well, regardless, it created an absolutely history-making moment. And the cool part was watching the broadcast, our coverage on NBC, I love because at the end, like, you – it, like the computer was trying to decide all right who's yeah, in couldn't who's keep out up. it couldn't keep up it and it finally up. settled and you see this emotion yeah. from track house racing watching the, cool the nbc broadcast looking at that standings that and the they cool realized part. they made it It was just yeah. such a cool moment uh yeah. we have our first caller of the evening marvin blue is on the line and we got word that it's a birthday for you so very happy birthday to you
2: Thank you very much, Kim. Finally, somebody wished me a happy birthday. I wish happy a- birthday, Marvin. <laughs> bro. Happy, hey, birthday. happy birthday, Marvin. Thanks, man. I appreciate it, guys. Well, hey, uh, you guys are all talking about uh, uh, Ross Castane. Well, uh, let me make my picks for this weekend's races. For the Xfinity Street Championship, I want Noah's Ark Gregson. And winning the championship, give me Ross. The boss, the master of the watermelon crawl, give me Ross Chastain to win it all on Sunday. All right. Those are solid picks, man. Maybe he'll
1: he'll have your birthday wish come through and he'll win it. So speaking of that, Marvin, you teed us up perfectly. So the one team has this momentum after that move headed into Phoenix. What do we think their legitimate chances are at winning their first championship as a team?
3: So, listen, and, and we... Parker and, and I, we've done this so many years, and you sat here, and it's the big three one year, mm-hmm. you know, and you say, who's going to? And, and we asked Christopher Bell in Victory Lane, mm-hmm. handicap this, and he gave us a reason why every one of them could win, why every one of them. And when you look at it, in this season, where we've had 19 different winners, where we've had so many things happen. Just, if we go, just go, let's go back to Ross Chastain at Martin's. Mm -hmm. How do you handicap this? How do you handicap? You know, you've got Christopher Bell, who has most points in the first round, walk off in the second round, walk off in the third round. If anybody's got momentum and can go to a single race playoff system, it seems like it's Christopher Bell. You look at Joey Logano. had two weeks. He has said on numerous occasions, we have done a deep dive into Phoenix. We are ready Mm -hmm. for Phoenix. Nobody has has had that opportunity but this guy. You look at what Ross Chastain did and the momentum. And all you have to do, and I'll go back to what you said, all you have to do with Ross Chastain is look at that pit crew reaction. Mm -hmm. They're going. They're going going to Phoenix, and they're going for the jugular. They're going. And then you take Chase Elliott. And the Hendrick juggernaut that goes out there. And how do you bet against those guys? And what they've done and what they're able to do. So for me, I can't handicap it. I look at it and I say, my gosh, man, these are four teams that are capable at any given time of rising to the occasion, and four teams that have risen to the occasion in the last two or three weeks. And I think there's nothing that says Ross Chastain and Trackhouse cannot go to Phoenix and come home with that trophy. And that would be a phenomenal story for Ross Chastain and for Justin Marks and Pitbull and that entire group.
1: And we're going to take a deeper dive into each of the championship drivers. Still talking about Ross. So, Parker, for you... What kind of momentum do you feel like Ross has? And what would a championship mean to this race team in only their second year?
4: I, I think the momentum is there. The belief is there. This is a team that many had been knocked out of the rounds of 16. Then it was okay. They'll be rock- knocked out of the round of 12. All right, now it's the round of eight. That's when they'll really be knocked out. There's no way. Well, guess what he's part of the championship chip for? So I think this team has defied all convention. They've defied anyone's understanding of what is or isn't possible. I think Justin Marks has done an incredible job of changing the mentality of that organization. He talks often about culture and mentality because that's what he believes can make the difference in an era where you have cars or equipment that's essentially... Uh, at least starts all the same. When you in the, you to your shop or the shop down the street, it arrives the same. So there's a thought process that it comes down to mentality and culture, and that's what they've instilled at Trackhouse, and they've proven that to be true. So right here, you got the points bet odds to win. I would flip this up a little bit differently. I'd put Joey at the top, Chase second, Christopher Bell, and Ross at the bottom. But I think that's easy off the stats or sort of looking at certain things for this season. But to be honest, to go down to, you know, Kyle's – I think Ross has as good a chance as any of those three. And really, it goes to some of the things we've seen with this car, where the car, everyone is incredibly close. The times, the lap times have never, and I say this with full conviction, have never been this tight across the entirety of the field. If you watch the lap times at any given moment in the middle of a green flag run in the NASCAR Cup Series last week at Martinsville, you will have cars from 1st to 28th running within half a tenth of each other. Every single car. Yeah. Every single lap. So there's so it comes down to the finest little details that are going to make a huge difference. And one of the things the one team has that they've had all year is that pit crew. And they've been ranked Mm -hmm. as the fastest pit crew on pit road all year. I think some of the other three have made changes, including Joe Logano's team, which has made a Jackman change, which they believe has made them – They thought they were the fastest on pit road this past weekend at Martinsville, but still that is a, that's a pit crew that has a a lot of confidence has shown a lot of speed has been consistent. And now you're giving them a chance to go out there where I believe that final pit stop in the stage three could be the most crucial pit stop in possibly NASCAR history, because it will be the make or break between winning or losing a championship. Yeah. Go
1: ahead.
3: Yeah. No, no. And I'm going to, I'm going to say one other thing here on, on Ross and Joey. When, Mm -hmm. when we go here, the two bar none and, and, I think you. I hope you agree. The two most aggressive drivers on restarts. Period. <laughs> 100 percent. Yep. Oh, yeah. Period. No, you, yeah, I'm period. with you. Uh, on a regular day. Yeah. On yeah. a regular day. Yeah. I can't imagine how aggressive that they will be on these restarts. And at a place like at, Phoenix. At a place where you can be aggressive. Yeah. I cannot imagine how aggressive these two will be. So, I, I'm gonna tell you, Chase Elliott and, and Christopher Bell on a restart better wear their big boy pants because yeah. they're going to have to do something in the turn one there because these guys are going to be –
4: they're going for it, man. You Ross, the Ross Ross of has my attempti- Well, I'm Ross sorry, has I'm attempted sorry. to wreck me at uh, for 30th on multiple restarts <laughs> yeah. in my Only career. On a restart. So I can Only tell restarts. you for sure he is one of the most aggressive <laughs> – yeah. Uh, in all of NASCAR in terms of restarts. True.
1: Yeah. You guys, uh, again, took the wind out of my sails. I had ranks first on restarts for the number one, and then pit crew, fastest for four tire stops. Ran into Ross today at the NASCAR building, and they have a little motto, a little saying there, 99 problems, but a pit stop ain't one. Ah, I love that. They tied into the two car numbers. And that's the thing about this team. They're also having fun, which you can't say that about necessarily all the teams out there, you can tell they're enjoying it. Well, Ross is not the only driver up for a championship. Chase Elliott also going for it. And we have to talk about the owner's championship. So Kyle Larson, Chase Elliott, next up on the block.
0: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.
2: Here comes Chase
0: Elliott. Elliott has closed the gap. He's on the back bumper of the 22. Get Kyle Larson the lead on a closed drag race. What a pass. Chase Elliott for the lead in the championship. Larson has it. Chase Elliott is a NASCAR Cup Series champion. Oh! Kyle Larson is your 2021
2: NASCAR Cup Series champion. Oh my God! Oh my God! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable
1: a little look back at uh the prior champions from 2020 and 2021 there but now looking at drivers versus owners championship four so on the left-hand side our driver champions ross Chastain, chase Elliott, christopher bell and joey logano going for that cup series driver championship but on the flip side we have pretty much the same list except for the five of hendrick motorsports going for that owner's championship so for the first time The two have been different in this modern era of the elimination style. And we spoke with Vice Chairman of Hendrick Motorsports, Jeff Gordon, about the owner's championship versus the driver's championship.
2: It's been a lot of stress, I must say. Uh, Certainly one of the most unique situations that we've ever been in that I can remember at Hendrick Motorsports and, and in the sport in general. There's so much that goes into behind the scenes getting prepared to go to the racetrack and win a championship. And you know, I just think back to last year, we had both the nine team and the five team going to Phoenix for, you know, to compete for a championship. And it was great to have two of the four in there, but that was driver and team on each of those situations. So, you know, it was just all hands on deck and, you know, we wanted to try to create that same situation as we had into Phoenix uh, this weekend and there is a difference, right? There is a little bit of a different feeling. There's there's members of the team that are saying we're here to support Chase get a drivers championship, but not an owners championship. And then you got the same thing happening on the opposite end with with Kyle Larson. Well, my team can go for a championship, but not I'm not going to be recognized as a driver. So we've done all that we can behind the scenes to try to really send the message to to both teams of guys. When you go there and you win that championship, you're going to be recognized as a champion uh, regardless of the situation. And, and you know, we want them to go there and, and go all out and, and feel that. And and the only way we could do that is, is do a lot of due diligence behind the scenes from how contracts are put together, um, how we prepare and we send people and partners out there. And, and we're prepping as if, you know, we're just like last year going for a, a championship. Uh, for a driver and, and an owner and hoping that we get them both. <laughs> My prefer- preference is either the 48-24 wins the race and the five wins the owner championship and the nine wins the driver's championship. That's that that That's a mic drop and that's all we can ask for. That's what we're hoping for.
1: And we should remind you, Alex Bowman, back in the seat of yes. the 48 for the final race of the season. But to Jeff's point, theoretically... We could have a situation where there could yes. be three different burnouts. You could have a different race winner than both the driver championship and the owner championship. And I want to get your thoughts on this because we have not seen a, a separate driver no. and owner championship since 1963.
3: No, and listen, and, and so let's be... 100% honest that the only people talking about this are in Hendrick Motorsports, uh, okay? Uh, it, it, it's, it's not a lead story. I'm sorry. It's just not, Because the average race fan doesn't care which team owns. They, they care about the driver. Yeah. And, and, I, and, and I'm not belittling this because this is the championship. This is the championship that so much of the finances and the business side of racing is run off of. Um, how you finish in the championship standings at the end of the year... The legacy mm-hmm. of having that championship, being that, you know, Petty Enterprises had 10 championship owners, uh, 10 championships where they own. So they were one, number one on that list until Hendrick come along, till Gibbs come along, some of these guys. So the way the money is divided up, so this championship not only pays for Hendrick this year, mm-hmm. but it has the potential to pay for Hendrick Motorsports to, to reap benefits in years to come because of the legacy. Um, it's different because of the forty-five, because of of Kurt Busch. Mm-hmm. Kurt Busch's injury shook up that, and, yeah. and that's the way it is. We used to have this a lot. We have it in Xfinity. Yes, we've had it in Xfinity. We've had it in. We've had it in the lower series, the other series, but not at the cup level. It seems like in forever since '63. Joe Weatherly won the championship. Glenn Wood and the Wood Brothers won uh, the owners' championship, but. Back then, you had multiple drivers. Mm-hmm. Joe Weatherly drove for nine different teams that year sure. to win yeah. the championship. So it's just it's, <laughs> it's so different. It's just the the model is so different, and that's why we say in the modern era and the way it is right now. But make no bones about it, that owners' championship it's is just as important to Jeff Gordon and Rick Hendrick, and that organization is sending Chase Elliott out there and having him be. The driver's championship—it is just as critical to that organization.
1: So, I'll tee you up, Parker. Don't think like a driver; just think maybe like a team owner. Mm-hmm. I know there's money tied to the owner's championship, but if you could only have one—if you're Hendrick and you could only have one—do you want the driver championship, which gets more recognition, Ooh. or the owner championship, which gets more money?
4: Uh, I'm going to think like an owner, and I'll take the owner's championship. Thank you very yes. much. <laughs> yes. And we'll be able to cash those checks for years to come. And as as, as uh, Kyle alluded to, it's, it's got a legacy to it as well. And I think what you do is exactly what Jeff Gordon described there, and I don't know this the exact, but from what he insinuated talking about contracts, normally a driver right has bonuses associated with winning a championship, which in Kyle Larson's position uh, would kind of be effectively happening with his car but not him and obviously vice versa for Chase Elliott. And so it sounds like sometimes as an owner to quell those things, I could just say, hey, you know what? If you or your car wins the championship, we're going to treat that like you've won a championship, right? And those bonuses and financially what goes along with that and those sorts of things. And that really quickly probably alleviates some of the fears and the talk happening internally amongst some of the drivers and teams in the organization who, you know, Although we all race for pride and for trophies and for checkered flags, at the end of the day, it is professional sports, it's professional motorsports. We're also doing it as a living, and you have those things set up there because you want to be rewarded for being successful. So uh, I can absolutely see, you know, where they've had to work through that and figure that out, but that's where I feel like if I was an owner – I go for the owner's championship, right? Because I know that one <laughs> yeah. has the biggest yeah. fruit to bear there and I can figure out the rest with Chase and that sort of thing. So wow. and really yeah. his perfect scenario, yeah. He can have all three. You That's know? Right. He, he, he he could. Have, yeah, he could have it he all. Could. He could have a cake and eat it too. But it, but
3: and he brings up an interesting point. I'm I'm betting somewhere in the fine print and, and and somewhere in Rick's contract with Chevy is if he is the owner's champion and it's a Chevy, there's uh, He's got a bonus in there somewhere in his contract. Just like a driver would have something, I'm sure there's probably something there. So um, we're talking... We're we're not just talking a few yeah, hundred thousand. It's not here. Just, okay, yeah, we're we're just not talking penny. many yeah. zeros. Yeah, many we're talking zeros. many zeros here. Yeah, yeah that's exactly well, right. the screen zeros. Yeah, we're talking lottery numbers here. Okay. <laughs> we're talking lottery numbers.
1: Chase might be a little heartbroken <laughs> to hear you guys say that. So what are Chase's chances for the driver championship? In the spring he finished eleven at Phoenix. We saw him win it in twenty twenty to take home the championship. Yeah. And on top of that, our expectations for Phoenix does the spring like can we even look at spring results the second
4: time around, I think spring results are tough. And Agreed. my my point being, we used to say this predominantly, bef- you know, in years past because we felt like you could make improvements to the cars and those sorts of things. You can't, you cannot do that now, right? These, these cars come as spec parts essentially. You put them together, but it doesn't mean teams haven't learned things, right? And they have learned a ton since we were last there in the spring, and we've seen a very much a change, and we've seen how topsy-turvy it can be in, team, in terms of who figures it out week to week with having 19 winners. So there's absolutely things that have changed, things they've learned, things they've just learned about the tire of this car, how to drive it, all those things that factor in how to relate it to their sims, these sorts of things that really, you know, create an entirely different um, race that we could see this time around in performance from these cars than we saw in the springs. So I just don't put a lot of stock in it. Other than if you were successful. If you were successful, you know what? That can provide confidence. If you've been successful here in the past as a driver, that provides confidence. But in terms of the actual cars, I do believe you will see, you know, we'll have differences because the teams have learned stuff naturally over the course of the whole season.
3: Agree. Agree a thousand percent. And and if you don't believe it, let's just go back to Martinsville last year and look at who ran or last week and look who ran well there in the spring and who ran well there this time. It's it's a different cast of characters. Um, you know chase is a little bit of a, of an enigma to me i, I don 't understand him this I don't, year his, i don 't understand that team um, psychology yeah, too it 's crazy man i mean he seems to be the only driver that wins races that stays pissed off ninety five percent of the time okay yeah. and and i, I don 't understand that i mean i can 't grab i can 't wrap my head around that at the same time and let 's go back to the early part of the season parker um, where that's when he was winning races and running up. When the Chevys hit the, they He's hit won the ground the most races running. On the they, yeah, they hit the ground running early in the season. So if we get to the halfway point, he, you looked at it and you said, "That's that's the guy. That's the guy." But then we get to the playoffs, and just as we talked about Christopher Bell, mm-hmm. most points first round, walk off second round, walk off third. Every round, Chase Elliott said, "Here, take all my points yeah. back. I don't need them. I, yeah. I don't I don't want to play anymore." You know what I mean? And he gave up everything in the first race of every round. So. I don't, I don't even know where they're coming from. All I know is I believe in that guy that was just speaking a minute ago, mm-hmm. Jeff Gordon. I believe that they are putting everything they can into that nine car and into that five car to go out there and win those championships. And, and that should give everybody pause. Uh, everybody has to step back and say, whoa, they're coming at us now. They may not have been coming at us the last mm-hmm. 35 races, but they're coming at us now. So I do believe that. And that is the one thing is, for me, and I, I I'll and I'll just blatantly say it, which Chase Elliott shows up?
1: Exactly. Who
3: is the Chase Elliott that shows up to run for the championship? And he has the
1: least, for me, Parker, he has the least amount of momentum, because you have yeah. Joey Logano, who won Vegas. So, for two weeks, that team has been Phoenix-focused. You have Ross Chastain, who we already talked about, the most well-named in yeah. sports this week, all that momentum. And then you have Christopher Bell, who, back-to-back, proved up against the wall they can win and then chase even po- like post race he was not happy he did not like where he was running he said his car was not good yep. and so of those four drivers chase and that nine team have the least momentum and i feel like they've got to
4: scrounge something up if they're going to do anything in phoenix well didn't points bet have him number 1 yes the, the favorite yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, I know. So, I know.
4: And I think I think they're going off of what my reasoning would be, right, which is, you know, you look historically, you look at his performance there in the past, you look at what they've done at some of the flat tracks this year um, and those sorts of things, and I just sort of see, like, okay, there's performance there. There's the ability to have the speed and the performance. But you brought up a good point, Kyle, which is through these playoffs, it has been interesting to watch this nine car go through the rounds because they've just had – Times where you know you look at Vegas and you're just like, where, where is the nine and Chase Elliott? Like, you know, what happened here? Um, you know, I, I just think that's been very uncharistic of this team, of this driver. And so they are in the championship four. They can rise up. I, I give them as just as good a chance as I said before as the other three. Um, I think you know absolutely Chase Elliott obviously knows the, how to get around Phoenix, has done it before, um, and I think Alan Gustin and that nine team can put a fast car together. But I just think it's odd there sort of what their momentum has been, right?
3: Yeah, there, there you go. And that—that that is, there's my, there's your wild card with Chase Elliott is mm-hmm. Alan Gustafson. I, I look at this group. Um, I look at Joey and Paul. I look at Alan and or Chase and mm-hmm. Alan. You look at at, at Ross- Christopher and but but I look at Christopher oh. and Adam, Adam Stevens. These are these are strong combinations, man. Sure. You, you look at those crew chiefs. When you look at at Alan and Paul and Adam Stevens, they've been there. Done it. Been there, done that. You know what I mean? We're yeah. guys. We know, how, we know how to do this. So that is the one twist in the Chase thing for me that I have to give him a little bit of a nod and look at him because I say, whew, he's got Allen. Man, Allen's tough. Allen's got ice water in those veins. He never flinches when he sits <laughs> on top of that box. So that that is, and he's willing to make a call. Mm-hmm. He's willing to make win, lose, or draw. He's willing to make a call and say, and put it all out there.
1: Well, if the nine team is able to pull it off, Chase would... Become the youngest driver in NASCAR history with multiple Cup Series championships. But in order to do it, he's not only get to get through Ross Chastain, he also has to get through Joey Logano and Christopher Bell. We'll talk those two championship contenders next.
0: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Green flags in the air. I ain't home. It big.
2: And a spin on the racetrack. It's Joey Logano. He just found us right in the row. never lifted 11. It. pretty well killed. Months, sorry about that. Two cars hard up the outside wall. Yeah, he clobbered you big time. What the F- happened there? Jeff
0: Gordon, he'll get the man in the
3: fire. Y'all get Boyer. Y'all get Boyer. Don't do that stupid.
0: Boba trying to block. He gets into the 20. The 20 slides. Yeah, it was definitely
2: not clear. Oh. well.
1: And looking at the championship weekend schedule, things kick off Friday with practice, that'll be on USA, and then qualifying Saturday, also on USA, and then Sunday, the big day, countdown to green, starts 1.30 p.m. Eastern time, don't forget that, Eastern time, because we are in Phoenix, uh, that's going to be on NBC, followed by the race, and then of course the post-race show on Peacock, where we'll get all of the driver reactions from what we see in the championship race. and. Want to correct ourselves or myself? Actually, I was on the. You correct all is. of
3: us. That's yeah, all right.
1: of us. Chase Elliott, if he does win the championship, second youngest driver to have multiple championships. And if you know who get, the youngest is, tr- please call yeah, us. If you know who the youngest <laughs> call is, call right now. That's we a trivia question. think it might be Jeff Gordon, but that's <laughs> yeah, that's a trivia question. We're so if you Jeff. have uh, any stats that you can help us out, who was the youngest driver to have multiple championships in the Cup Series? Let us know. With that, let's go to the phone lines. We've got NASCAR Carl. Howdy, good evening. What you got for us?
2: Hey, I just want to take the time first of all to thank everybody behind the scenes at Motor Mouse for taking our calls all year long. Parker, it was great spending time with you in Michigan. KP you as too, always, buddy. man, you're my buddy.
3: Sorry I missed you, man.
2: No, that, no problem we got next year, buddy. Um what a year it's been. Um, this is the first year I've ever rooted for somebody besides Ryan Newman, but all on board with Ryan Blaney. Team Penske just didn't finish races this year. But with that being said, I got to go with my teammate Joey Logano. It really is hard to handicap this, but I think the way Ford started this season, what a way to cap it off. We didn't know what they had. And I think them two extra weeks with this new car... I think that time is, is very valuable, so I'm going to go with Logano and can't wait to talk to y'all next year on Motormouth.
3: Can't wait to talk to you dude.
1: Awesome. Thank Thanks you. NASCAR Carl and he brings up a good point. Yeah. He's going with Joey Logano. Joey's had two weeks he and Paul Wolfe to prepare and we talk about this being the youngest group of yeah. championship four drivers and <laughs> we have a little bit of a disagreement. Uh, I know Parker doesn't put Joey in that category because Joey is 32. but. I think relative to like the Kevin Harvicks, the Kurt Bushes, the Denny Hamlin's of the word, Joey is still young. But this is like his 15th year in the Cup Series. So does that bring a level of experience that we're not going to see from the other three championship contenders?
3: Well, it it, it does bring a level of experience. I I remember when Joey came the first time um, and Danny, Kevin Harvick used him up. Um, Emotionally, in in the press conference. Yeah. I mean, it was like a deer in headlights. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. just it was a deer in headlights. That's not the Joey Logano we see today. That's not. I mean, he is a 30 race winner, okay? One has already won one championship. He's been here, Mm -hmm. been there, done it, and he's done it at the ripe old age of 32. And, And here's the thing I don't put him as that grizzled veteran, and I don't put him as that young gun he's that that middle guy he's in that middle middle he's in the middle he replaces Kyle Bush in that middle age yeah. in that middle group right there I think Kyle is moving in into the Grizzle and <laughs> the Grizzled badger uh, at 37 way, KB or 38.
1: just put Kyle on the sunset cruise yeah. for his that, Cup series yes. career yes, yes. well he ran done. like he, he you
3: and he ran like he was on the cruise already this year. So let me just go ahead and say that.
1: Well, um, that ship sank. If it was on a cruise, they so, sank in Martinsville. So,
3: but I, but I think
4: you had what, a right rear issue.
3: Yeah. But what <laughs> Joey, what, what the one thing that Joey has had from the very beginning is there's something that you can't see that when he puts that helmet on, he's just somebody else. He just, just goes somewhere. When, every time they make it to the playoffs, they elevate their game to another mm-hmm. level. Um, he carries that car on his back a lot of times and gets a fifth, gets a sixth, just points his way when he can't win. Um, and, and to have two extra weeks, to be as prepared as what we know the Penske organization can be, to know Paul Wolf, to know Joey Logano, um, they've got 10 million things pointing as, yes, yeah. we can do this. And maybe only a couple of things that would point and say, hmm. There may be somebody Mm -hmm. better for this.
1: Nate Ryan said it right on an early episode of Race for the Championship. He said, "Joey, nice guy. He puts on that helmet, and he's a jerk."
3: Yeah, he is. That's okay.
4: That's okay.
1: Not here to make
4: friends, right? That's right. Not
1: here to make friends. Uh, friends Ross Chastain would agree with that. KP said there are a couple things that they need to work on for you, Parker. What do you think will hold back the 22, if anything, from a possibility of a championship in Phoenix? Well, so we, I, we know their strengths, but what yep. are you looking at them to maybe need to improve if they want to take home the trophy?
4: I think for the 22 car, the, the only thing that could hold them back is not having the track position late. I think they will have a fast car. I spoke to Paul Wolf earlier today, and he told me sort of what they focused on over the last couple weeks and what that allows them to do. But he said the one thing that worries him is that idea of being stuck without track position, late in the race, and unable to do anything. And I think that's just where this 22 car could get caught out. And I don't think it's anything, really, I can tell you what will get them there, right? Maybe a a pit stop issue or some sort of issue on a restart or something like that. But my point being, that's the only thing I really think that stops it. So conventional wisdom and all the numbers tell me that 22 should be your favorite, right? But as we said throughout this show, this is the next gen era. And Paul Wolf made that very clear to me. And he was like, look, this is the next gen era it's in a completely different way of thinking about racing and stock car racing we've had in the past. And he said, one thing, though, they did win the first ever race in the next-gen car at the L.A. Coliseum. And he said, if the, you know, if we can cap the season by then winning the championship as well, you know, that's a pretty cool thing to do it in this entirely different era of racing and how you think about yeah. stock car racing mm-hmm. at the top level of NASCAR. So I think it's an interesting question. Uh, but, you know, for the 22 car I I firmly believe this is a team that sort of has it all for the taking in front of them if they can execute at a very high level and basically really, really focus on the small details because they will have the speed. And as you mentioned, Joey is an incredible uh, athlete when it comes to rising occasion. I'll never forget his crew chief when he won in 2018. Todd Gordon told me before that weekend – He said, you know, there's athletes like Michael Jordan that just seem to rise to an occasion, right? That just find a way to find that extra gear, that extra bit of something to go out there and and get more. Lewis Hamilton is great about that in Formula One. He said, Joe Logano is one of those guys. And the way he won that 2018 championship was in the late race restart there, getting to the front and not relinquishing it when it mattered most. I think that's what his ace in the pocket is. So." Who really, you know, this team has everything in front of them, and it's only going to be something small or some sort of mistake that keeps them out yeah. of it.
1: Well, Joey Logano is making his fifth championship for appearance. On the flip side, Christopher Bell is making his first. Now, that team coming off back to back against the wall, Wednesday needed. Yeah. I think this is a sleeper pick because Christopher Bell had an interesting point during this round of the playoffs. He was asked at one point about experience, and despite his, you know, kind of, I don't want to say rookieishness in the playoffs because he's not a rookie in the Cup Series, but this is the farthest he's ever been. He said, you have to remember, the elimination style is in all three of NASCAR's top yes. series. So he considers this his sixth playoff appearance because he did two in truck, two in Xfinity. This is his second time in general in the Cup Series playoffs. And then the other thing... For whatever reason, I feel like people forget about Adam Stevens. And you brought up a good point yes. about Alan and and, and, then they do. and Paul. I don't know why, but people are forgetting that Adam Stevens is a two-time Cup Series championship crew chief. And I think it, when he parted ways with Kyle Busch, he kind of got lost a little bit in the shuffle. And I think kind of that's the ace in the pocket for Christopher Bell. For me, is Adam Stevens on top of the box.
3: Yeah, so true. And I, I do. Listen, I worked with Adam. Adam worked mm-hmm. for us long, many years ago, but and and I just think he is a great human being and a great person, but incredibly thorough mm-hmm. in everything he does and, and I think I think everybody attributed some of these Kyle Bush championships to a hundred percent driver. and I think it, you can't. no, you can't. there is no one hundred percent driver that wins anything anymore. It's these combinations that we're talking about right here and and I think Talking to Christopher Bell after the race, when, when you're in position and Adam Stevens says, come down pit road, we're going to put four tires on you with six laps to go mm-hmm. or ten, whatever, you, Christopher Bell said, I'm going to come down pit road because yeah. I believe. I trust. I trust, and I believe in Adam Stevens. And that is something that you can't there, – there's not a wedge there. And we, we've seen it. And, and, and I, I think, you know, um, Parker mentioned Todd Gordon. Once there's a crack in that combination of Joey Logano and Todd Gordon, it's time to separate. It splinters it's splinters the entire Once there's thing. a crack between Allen and Chase, there, you've got to separate. Mm-hmm. you got to pull them apart. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to be We saw that with Jimmy successful. Johnson and Jack we see it, we see it, We've seen it in this sport more than we want to talk about sometimes. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times that crew chief never gets that second opportunity. Adam Stevens has gotten another opportunity and is making the most of that opportunity with this kid. Um, and I, I believe this. I believe – And everything he's driven from midgets and sprints to whatever he's ever done, it's prepared him for this moment. Mm -hmm. He didn't flinch when he got to the Roval. He didn't flinch when he got to Martinsville. What makes you think he's going to flinch when he gets to Phoenix? I just don't see that happening to Christopher Bell.
4: I'm with you. I I don't see him flinching at all. And This team has consistently told me from before the playoffs that they were a championship four caliber team. They proved it in the round of 16 where they were the best team and the highest scoring throughout that round. They've obviously had two tumultuous rounds to get here to the championship for, but I absolutely would not count out this 20 car yeah. and possibly to do it in the way that they won the Roval and they won Martinsville, which you just brought up, Kyle, which is do something different. Find a way, and you got to give Adam Stevens a lot of credit for doing that and then Christopher Bell executing when put in those positions because he both times put them on a different strategy and did something different and then the okay. driver rose up and took it for what it, you know, took that opportunity. So I absolutely see uh, this team being a bona fide contender, and you just cannot count them out. I won't count them out till literally the checkered flag falls because they'll <laughs> That's find That's right. <laughs> That's right. Agree.
1: Well, we've made the case for each of the Cup Championship four drivers. Now I'm going to force your hand and make you guys pick a championship contender to win it all. Mm. We also have to go over NASCAR Xfinity Series Championship as well coming up.
0: After 10 months of racing, it all comes down to 200 laps in the desert to determine who will be the NASCAR Xfinity Series champion. You have to rise to the occasion in these moments. you got to be the best car there.
2: All you fans, was that cool that we put on a show for you guys?
0: The one championship driver that finishes in front of the others will be crowned the champion. There would be nothing more special than to hoist that trophy.
1: And for the majority of the season, we had talked it being JRM versus JGR. Now we have our championship four in the NASCAR Xfinity Series, and it is certainly that. The JRM drivers of Justin Allgaier, Josh Berry, and Noah Gregson going up against Ty Gibbs. One of them will take home the NASCAR Xfinity Series championship. So, Parker, I'm going to start with you. Tell us your pick.
4: Uh, So in the Xfinity Series, you just had to look at those four. Well, for three of them, it's first appearance, second appearance, first appearance. uh, And then there's Justin Allgaier, fifth appearance. Let's just give the guy finally (laughs) a championship. (laughs) He was so close in 2016. I just, I'm a friend of Justin's, but I just feel like he deserves a shot with how fast these cars have been. It's Justin Allgaier for the taking. He will be your champion this year.
1: Yeah. All right, KP.
3: Listen, I'm pulling for this guy. I, I picked him every year that he's gone, so this year I'm picking Noah. All right, you're... I, I'm picking no! Noah this year. <laughs> I
1: was like, you're pulling for no. him, so who are you picking? I'm going, I'm
3: going with Noah, man. I mean, <laughs> listen, Noah has just fallen into a groove after his Road America issue. Yeah. He has just fallen into something, and, and, and they seem to be able to do no wrong. Yeah. Uh, I don't see it happening at, at, at for anybody but him at Phoenix.
1: As much as I would love to see a Justin Algar championship or a Josh Berry, uh, (laughs) I won't talk about the other one, Uh, I think it's going to be Noah Gregson. Eight wins on the season. He won Phoenix earlier this year. I think that's a telltale sign that they're going to be top of the board when we're looking at the pylon out west. All right. So we have made our Xfinity Series championship picks. We'll have to wait and see what happens. Now, like I said, we've made the case for each of the Cup Series drivers. I think... This is probably the hardest choice to make in this era of elimination-style playoffs. For me, this, is, this has been yeah, the most challenging all season long to pick race winners, and now we're at championship weekend. It is no different, starting with you, KP. Right,
3: listen, I, I, I'm, I will go. I have, I have pulled, will pull, and will always pull for Joey Logano come heck or high water. Um, that's just the way it is. I, I just love that guy. But for this championship... For this year, I'm going with Ross Chastain. I picked him from the very beginning to make it to Phoenix, and now he's there. So I'm not, I'm not jumping off this horse here. KP
1: that's, has worked a big the one. system. But KP's worked the system
4: to figure out how to pick two Drivers. No, 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 no. Yeah. I'm pulling going this, going this I'm way. I'm for this guy, but I'm this just, guy's going to win. I'm just going to say for all the fans, so you don't tweet me in hatred, Chase, I'm just kidding. Joey Logano's going to be a champion, <laughs> and uh, that's just the fact. The 22 car will win the championship this year. So I just think, although Chase Elliott and all those fans want that to happen, I just think all conventional wisdom tells me if they can execute The 22 car is your champion on Sunday.
3: That's right. Chase gets to be Miss Congeniality again this year, okay? So (laughs) he gets something.
1: Early (laughs) in the season, I had picked Ross Chastain as my championship favorite. I kind of dumped him for Tyler Reddick there for a while. Oh! Um, So I'm going to go back to to Ross Chastain. Uh, We do want to let you guys know that Tyler Reddick has been cleared medically to race Phoenix. So excited to hopefully see him out there running the boards, running the high line. But... I am going with Ross Chastain. I would love to see Trackhouse Racing Two get one. championship. That would what be that? cool. It's
4: too, Well, you guys both have Chastain. All right. yeah.
1: It has been an awesome season. Thanks to all of our Thank contributors, you guys for watching. all of our viewers, and everyone that called in all season long. We will see you guys in Phoenix for the finale.
0: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up?